Why not? A queer podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 58. What did they say? So I won't forget that I'm supposed to say a queer podcast. There's Well, there's a colon in the title, so I, I assume that's your pause. Oh, yes. Yes. I get the colon. You're like, uh, why not long pause? A queer podcast. <laughs> See, you're smart. You don't say the long pause. Happy happy Monday. It sounded like you were speaking in like Legends of the Fall terms. Like, <clears throat> why, why not long pause? Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> um, so yeah, episode, I don't really have anything to say for fifty-eight. I feel like we just reached this. So, you know, like when you read like a, a a top list, like somebody's like the one hundred greatest movies ever made. Yeah, we're in like we're a, in that middle section. Nobody no one reads. Ca- yeah, no, and nobody cares about. It. We're no. in. Yeah, people read like the first uh, ninety-nine or hundred to ninety or so to say, I can't believe you made those movies so low. And then they read the first 10, and they're like, I can't believe you rated those so high. Yeah, I feel like top 20 and bottom 20 are what people really care about. Yeah, We're in we're in the sticks of it, where nobody really cares what we talk about or what we say. So uh, hey, and, if and we're background know- noise, um, uh, hush little baby, go to sleep, and woof woof, good dog. Yeah, and, and if you like to listen to us while you're cleaning, uh, I'd like to say, it looks like you missed the spot. Yeah. Yeah, nope. beautiful nope. home though. Not that spot. Beautiful home. No, nope. you do. You've done wonders. There with you this go. Space. There you go. Good All job. Right. Do um, you listen to anything while you clean? Do you clean? <laughs> uh, oh my god, that's funny that you say that because I do clean. Um, and I listen to. Um, I'll usually just put. I have the iHeartRadio app. Um, shout out to iHeartRadio. <laughs> Pick us up. Uh, <laughs> I listen to the iHeartRadio app. Uh, and I listened to one uh, 1077. What is that? Magic 1077. Yes. It's the uh, the easy listening music of the 80s, 90s, and today. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though today encompasses 24 years now. Um, so I'll put that on. But it's funny you said cleaning because I was going to save this for when we got to how our weeks went. But for the first time in my life, we had a cleaning lady come this weekend. We've decided as a household that like the mopping and the sweeping and the cleaning like deep cleaning the bathrooms we don't like doing so we're going to hire somebody to do it and uh the cleaning lady uh didn't listen to anything i thought that was weird she was just like you know oh well i'll get started and i was like okay i'll be in the other room because it's weird if i just sit here and watch you clean um and she i assume she'd put music on or something but no nothing she just came in did her job maybe she just listened to you (gasps) maybe because I had CNN on, and like every five minutes, I was like, "You have got to be kidding me!" And she's probably like, "Ah, this this is my one oh seven seven. But yeah, generally, I'll listen to some music while I clean. You do you cl- do you clean? <laughs> I do. I I uh, I don't like always angry clean, but <gasps> oh, angry when I'm is angry or I've had a bad day. I like to clean because it's therapeutic in a way. Yeah. I, th- I I think a lot of people clean when they're angry, and I'm pretty sure I've had some exes who would intentionally pick fights with me just so they could get the house clean. Because <laughs> I, I enjoy a good angry clean. Yeah, I find it like, um, you know, and sometimes I'll mutter when I'm doing it if I'm really angry. <laughs> 
I find that when I'm a, when I'm angry about something or upset about something, I, I tend to talk to myself. And I'm getting yeah. better about it. But I do remember distinctly this one time when I was in college. I was walking to class, and there's this there was this like arch nemesis, right? Everything is so important in college, and so it sure I'm sure it had something very vital to do with the existence of humankind, and. And we were at odds against something, you know, probably something stupid, like what what time we should study or something in this study group. And I was anticipating this argument. And so I'm playing it in my head and I'm at some stop sign and I start hearing people chattering or something like that. And then I look over and this like three cars deep at the stop sign are all staring at me. And I just I realized I was sitting at the corner talking to myself. Oh, my thing I do. So sometimes I'll mutter when I when yeah. I clean. Um, but I do find that. Like I can really clean something really well if I'm, you know, either sad or angry or something. I I like and I or I assume it's because it's something I can control, right? And if I usually get upset or angry about something, it's just something that's beyond my control. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let me do something that I that is in my control, which is cleaning, uh, and I can do that. I can make this room look good. So let's do it. Anyway, no, I don't listen to anything when I clean. <laughs> Just, just yourself. <laughs> just myself. <laughs> just right. the, just the very many voices in my head. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so how how clean is your house these days? <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Spotless. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that in St. Pete, at the house in St. Pete, mm-hmm. I will make dinner and uh, please, Jed, if you're listening to this, go ahead and turn it off for a minute. I will, I will cook. I will clean it up immediately, and when the dishes are done, I'll rinse them off after we're done eating and put them in the dishwasher and keep that. That place is clean, yeah. And and I keep that place pretty clean. Uh, or you know, and I'm here, and I'll go. I'll go back, and if Dylan's there, so usually he'll clean up before I come home. And if he does it when I get home, I'll just start cleaning things. Um, Orlando is a different story for me. I really? don't know why it is. If you go into my bedroom, it'll look like a college dorm that like six people live in. I mean, there are clean clothes in baskets um, and like four different points around the room. And there are dirty clothes all over the floor. And like there's just stuff piled up. It's like, I don't know. That's where I am like, exhale, I guess. And everything else I want to to look good. I don't understand people who wash clothes, dry clothes, and then leave them in laundry baskets. Like the moment I pull out the dryer, I fold it and put it away. And I don't. And I know a lot of people who do that. I have. I live with people who um, uh, Saturdays usually consist of me emptying their stuff out of the dryer, knocking on their bedroom door, and being like, "Here's your basket of clothes. Thank you." Um, that that baffles me. Like that. Like there's people who just have basket of laundry that they just live out of. If it helps, it's not. <laughs> if it helps, I don't put them in baskets and put them in my room. I wash them and I put them in the dryer and I leave them there forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then when somebody else needs to do laundry, oh, so they you, take my clothes, they put them in a basket. You're and much my like room. my roommate. How dare they not fold <laughs> my clothes? Most of the clothes in my room are folded and ready to be put away. They just aren't. Yeah, I hear you. I Chris s- once, once he was, I was like, uh, I pulled your clothes out of the dryer and he goes, did you fold them? And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Fold your own clothes. <laughs> Stop leaving them in the dryer. Um, Jen's mom would come over all the time and let the dogs out. And when she would do that, if there were, she would just you know do stuff to keep herself busy. She washed the dishes, she'd fold the laundry, put yeah. them in a room, all that kind of stuff. But she doesn't come over to do that anymore. So we're having to relearn how to. You be got adults. used to a clean. You need to get a cleaning lady because um, it was super nice. I mean, she came in and she was like, "What do you want done?" And I was like, 
everything they won't do. <laughs> Please. I don't um, really live on traveling nurse salaries, so I don't oh, know that I could um, bring it. I'll now, tell you what. The, the service that we're using, I should probably get them to sponsor because they're really good. Um, it's not as expensive as I thought it would be. It's like pretty cheap. Are they coming once a month? They're coming once a month, but they'll so come like, more often. What, 100 bucks? No. 50 bucks. For once a month? Uh, once a month, and you have to sign up for six months. Was the first time more? No, the first time was $19. Really? <laughs> yes. I will I will get you the information. I told my mother about it, and she's like, shut up. Because yeah. she was like, that's amazing. First time come out, $19, and then it's $49 for the ne- every month for the next six months. and Because you, you have to do and a minimum of six months. Then it's, I mean, it's it's constantly 49th you stay with it. You just okay. have to do a minimum of six months. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, because I paid, three hours. it was 150 um, to get a deep cleaning um, when I did it before the watermark party at the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I will say there are, there's a list of things that are additional charges. Windows. So windows, baseboards. baseboards, cleaning out the fridge, cleaning out the oven. But she came in, she dusted, um... My test was, I was just going to say, hey, can you dust, do the floors, and do the bathroom? My test was, when she was done, to turn off the ceiling fan and see if she dusted the ceiling fan. Because the other day, I noticed that really needs dusting. She got the ceiling fan. She did the floors. She did the dishes. She wiped everything down. The paper towel, the toilet paper, and my dish towels were folded nicely and tied into bows. Cutest little thing. She made bows everywhere. Chris was like, why the hell are there bows everywhere? I was like, the cleaning lady came. Um, but amazing. She did a great job. Um, we'll be, she sent me a text, and she's like, uh, if you'd like to reuse me, here's my information. And I said, yes, we would definitely like to reuse you. So um, you should give it a try. See how it does. But uh, I loved it. She's sweeping mop. She, the floor, that was the number one thing I wanted. I was like, please just do the floors, because I hate sweeping and mopping. But she swept and mopped, brought her own supplies, vacuumed the, car, the throw rugs. Fluff the the pillows on the uh, on on the couch. Um, offered me a shoulder rub. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding like about a, the shoulder rub. I'm very curious about all of this now. I have a thousand questions. Yeah. So let's just you know what what else are we gonna talk about? Some stupid TV show. Uh, okay. So is this a large company? It is. Um, how do I describe it? It's a large company that outsource. Like um, you know, like when you go to a barber shop and they like rent out the stations. It's kind of like that. It's like a company, and then they're like contractors that they use. So you get to go through their profiles and say, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to use this one. I want to use this one. They have little profiles. And they have three hours. Three hours. Okay. So $50. Yes. Three hours. Three hours. So let's just say you can get three of these in a day, right? So that's, that's $150 a day. Let's assume five days a week. So that's what, $450 a week? And so we're at nine hundred for two weeks. We're at eighteen hundred for the month. That just doesn't seem like a lot. How much does this person get paid for a month of I cleaning? Didn't ask that. I did tip though, so she did get oh, a little more. Oh, there you more. go. Maybe that's so you do have the option to tip, but it's sort of like it's not like a. I don't think it's a big company. Um, I think it's more of like a gig kind of thing, like Uber drivers, but for your house. So, yeah, she's Caitlin's doing the math of, of what my cleaning lady is making per week. Why do you say 180? I'm just curious. Huh? But it's it's 150 a day. If he's if she's doing three houses a day. Right. So 150 
times five days a week is 750 a week. All right. Apparently, I wasn't math and right. Oh, that reminds me of a joke. Yeah. What do you call? What do you call a hen that can count her own chickens? What do you call a hen who can count her own chickens? I don't know. A mathma chicken. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dylan's uncle is a mathematician, legit. Uh, and um, I told him that joke over the weekend. He laughed. Did he laugh? Yeah, I told his wife first, and she was kind of like, oh, that's a bad joke. And I was like, so then I told him, and he laughed really hard. <laughs> so then I bought dinner. <laughs> that's what happens when you laugh at my jokes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's order some food. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Good, good times. times. Good times. Well, congratulations on your cleaning person. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna have her come once a month, and then um, we'll uh, we'll up it as needed. But yeah, uh, first time I felt fancy. Are you feeling a little under the weather, weather, Caitlin? You are. Oh, okay. Why? Why did you ask her that? Because she's got a bottle of Zycam behind her. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thanks. Thanks for wearing a mask. Do you, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Probably just stress. I went to the VA this morning <laughs> um, to have blood work done because um, I have a slight procedure coming up. Oh. And I was sitting I there. Just, I didn't know that's what you were you're going with that. Yeah, I was. I'm having a procedure done. Um, not like cosmetic surgery. Because like, I have a procedure coming up. Um, so I was getting the blood drawn, and I'm sitting at the uh, the VA, and the gentleman across from me is just hacking up a lung. Ugh. And he's doing that half-ass coughing, like covering his mouth. So he's like putting the hand in front of it, but his like fingers are wide open, and he's just like, bah, bah, bah. and I was like. God, I saw contagion. I know I am no Gwyneth Paltrow, but I don't like where this is going right now. So I'm going to move. Um, I don't only, understand. I don't understand. She had been faithful to her husband. Then maybe mm. she'd have been alive, and maybe everybody in America wouldn't have gotten it. I am not going to get into the private lives of people during a <laughs> during a pandemic. Um, do you ever get these this like wild hair up your ass? You just she was the pandemic. There wasn't one before that. Still, she's going through a lot. She is a lot of men. Oh, mm. do you ever sit at home when you're bored um, and uh, you're like mm, every day? I want to I want to relive some news from the past, and you just go to YouTube and you pull up news clips from uh, from different events. Do you ever do that? I have not. You ever just pull up like when? <laughs> News from 9-11. <laughs> but like the morning of. Like it's all over YouTube. I don't know why this is making you laugh. No, no. no um, so like you can watch the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, and it's like all the happy news. And the video goes on for like 30 minutes or so before the plane's mm. hit. And it's just like it's this weird um, before time. Like, oh, look how happy they are. They're, the world is about to change for them and they don't know. I do find that fascinating. I mean, I don't do that, but I do this. If I see, if I hear that someone has died, I go to their Facebook page immediately, and for whatever reason, oh, you look I want to, I want to know post. what the last post they made was. I do that too. Um, but so Isn't I do weird? that with nine eleven all the time. But last night, me and Chris did it with um, COVID, 
We went to newscasts from 2020 February and uh, just watching them like terrible things happening all the way over there in China. Everything's locked down over there. That's sad for them. And I'm like, oh, if you only knew. <laughs> now, what was the first thing that happened in 2020? Do we remember that? I mean, because it was a string of events. It was, I mean, there was like yeah. killer wasps. There was fires in Australia. Well, it opened because COVID actually, it's called COVID-19 because it started in 19. Right. But it was still in 2020. It was contained to China. Until like March. And Yeah, but at the end of 2019, it was still in China. Yeah. The first cases in Seattle were in January. Yeah. That's a new year. Yeah. Um, that That's 2020. Um. And it started in Seattle. Mm. Sounds like somebody else's math isn't working out, too, is it, Caitlin? <laughs> and I remember thinking, I was like, oh, it's it's all the way on the other side of the country. And it's not going to get to us. And then we just watched from, like, week to week as it just got worse and worse and worse. And, uh, yeah. It's some, I mean, sometimes it's just fun to relive your past. <laughs> that does not sound fun. Um, and I will Although, say. Although, now that we're out of it, it's okay. A part of me misses those early days. <laughs> I miss the staying at home, no one's out, no one's on the street, you ain't got no events to go to, nothing's open. I know it was hard, but it was kind of enjoyable. We d- we we can lie to ourselves, it was, or we can admit it was Yeah, it was, was stressful, time. but I also miss this. Like, okay, let's just be clear. When we say we miss stuff about it, what I'm saying is I miss sitting on my couch binge-watching television. I don't miss that hundreds, 100,000 people died or whatever the number was. That is not what I'm saying when I, when I say miss that. Sure. So if you know someone who passed away from COVID, then I'm sorry that that, that, that happened. And no, I don't want to go back and relive people dying of COVID. What I, what I, what I do miss... So I'll say this, my my husband and I... <laughs> you are such an apologist. You're so concerned about what people are going to think. I know. You know what? I miss it all. <laughs> <laughs> I miss everything about COVID. Uh, just I miss, in case you wanted to I had COVID, by the way. to Jeremy. That and I miss laying in bed in my sweat. My, just sweat in my bed. Why not? Nearly dead. At Watermark Online. Do you remember talking to me on the phone while I had COVID? Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, you sounded terrible. I sound. Like- I do like. I like the way that. So this is how dismissive I was of all of this because Jen told me like, "Hey, have you heard?" And so what did it, what was it called? It was called the Wu something, the Wuhan virus. The Wuhan. Virus. I think it's what they first but started. Jen, calling it. of course, doesn't like like heard a thing, saw a headline or something, and I'm I I could be wrong about this, but I feel Wuhan like flu. I feel like like what some people were right, calling it because that's where it came from, yeah. right? So I, but I'm pretty sure she asked me if I. If I had ever heard of the, the Wu, what is the music group? The Wu Tang. The Wu Tang flu? I think she asked me if I had heard of the Wu Tang flu. And I was just like, uh, got another something that people are going to talk about, and get all scared about, and that nothing's going to happen from, mm. right? And then. Um, and then it just started creeping up and creeping up, and I was like, oh, "I imagine I you saying that." And then I hear the um, the the guy from SpongeBob six months later. <laughs> <laughs> I also remember going to uh, a grocery store that shall remain unnamed uh, in St. Pete, and we were walking in, and there was a woman wearing a mask walking into it, and I thought. Somebody watches too much 24-hour news. <laughs> like, we okay, girl. And then, like, a week later, I was like, you had your you, mask Where on. did you get that mask? I can't find uh, any. But we were we were reminiscing about the good old days. <laughs> and we were like, remember walking down the toilet paper aisle and not a roll? Ba- like, everybody was, like, 
it was like Mad Max, and people were just scouring the town for, people for were one roll of toilet paper. toilet paper. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, I get that you're at home more, but how many times a day? Eat better if you need mm-hmm. that much toilet paper. Eat a salad. You're not supposed to go to the bathroom eight times a day. Anyway, no. um, well, unless you, you know, have. Here I go being an apologist again. I apologize to everyone with IBS. Because maybe you do come in multiple times a day. So anyway, um, <laughs> the one thing I that 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 COVID taught me was that I wanted to marry my husband. And because you needed COVID for that? I did. I, I mean, I didn't get COVID, but what? So what? What happened was I spent a lot of time in both cities, and so we just weren't around each other all the time. And so when COVID hit, and we were on lockdown for what two months? Yeah, was it? Where we were when we were in that pol- that that apartment, solid. We spent every moment together for months. And although he did, he and you looked at him and you were like, "I haven't killed you yet. Could this be love?" I, I mean, I was like, "I'm like, wow, if we could do this, because some people broke up over yeah. COVID, like people couldn't be around each other." And I was like, "Oh wow, I really like being around you a lot." And so then in November of that year, we got engaged. Oh, very nice. So you would say COVID was. Good for you. <laughs> for me, it wasn't. I know. I think I. How no, was I your know. weekend? I, I knew people that passed away from it. It was not. It was not good for me. No. It, How was your week? <laughs> why? Why do I feel like lately every episode of this show you're trying to make it be our last? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been watching a lot of TikToks, and do you know what goes viral? Controversy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I there's just... this one TikTok thing that I watch where it's a guy, and all he does is talk about other TikTok people. So mm. it would say like, so if if this was happening here, you would be like, oh. He would start off by saying, so there's this TikToker. Let's call him Jeremy. And Jeremy <laughs> likes to say things that a podcast become popular. And then all of a sudden, the internet hated him. No, the internet loves me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The internet doesn't know me. Yet. Um, do they know me? Oh. Oh, oh, that is true. <laughs> oh my god! What if? What if all? You know, when we looked up to see how many listeners we have, what if all of all those of people are from were... North Korea? Well, not all my fans are from North Korea. That would be awesome. Some are some from South Korea, I'm sure. Oh, Taiwan. <laughs> I say North yeah. Korea. Oh my um, god! I wonder why you were so shocked at what I said. For those who don't know, <laughs> I'm, I am not a sex idol in North Korea. <laughs> um, I had a, a story go viral Kim over Jong Jeremy. In uh, in Korea and Taiwan, um, that involved red, white, and royal blue. So shout out to my fans. Um, we call them Germinators. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll that. work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> that sounds very East Berlin. <laughs> that is not. A, that is not okay. Oh, and for those who don't know, there Berlin used to be split up in East and West. Yeah, yeah. And before that, it wasn't. And, and then, then was. before, and then, and then it is. And before that, it was owned by the Turks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what else did you do other than get your house cleaned? Um, let's see. Got my teeth cleaned. Oh, um, you just had a big old clean. Did you listen to anything when you get your teeth cleaned? Um, I listened to my dentist and my dental hygienist tell me, mm, 
you really should floss more. You have inflamed gums. And I said, yeah, I know. And they were like, mm, do you drink a lot of tea? I said, no, I drink a lot of coffee and red wine. And they're like, mm, that's what it is. But apparently I had staining. Um, but uh, they had to do. That sounds like something you should get checked out. <laughs> um, I, the last time, because I normally am pretty good about getting my teeth uh, looked at and cleaned every six months. And the last appointment, um, I won't call them out, but it was their fault with the scheduling issue. So I ended up missing my other appointment. And by the time they get me scheduled, it was already a year after my last cleaning. So I went in there and it had been a year since I had my cleaning. So she's like, oh, yeah, your gums are inflamed and you have staining. So we're going to have to descale your teeth. I don't if you're if anybody's listening and you're a dentist, let me know if this is a legit thing or if I got screwed out of 200 bucks. You got screwed out of 200 bucks. I don't have to be a dentist to tell you that. I will tell you this, though. Like, that's a legit thing. Descaling mm-hmm. is a legit thing that they do. And um, they don't they don't pay. They don't charge for it. Or, or sorry, wait. Um, they don't do it very often because insurance doesn't pay a lot of it and it has to be out of pocket. But I know who your dentist is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, I, everything. You go in there, and they're always like, "How? Like, let's not make this a zero dollar sale. This is not one hundred percent insurance. What can we tack on to it?" And so I think they tack that mm-hmm. on because now, all you had to do, probably, mm-hmm. was. Floss and brush your teeth twice a day for five days, and your gums would be oh, fine, legit. I'm not a dentist, but I'm going to say that that's true. Any I... dentist out there, go ahead and give us a... Hey, especially if you're Jeremy's dentist, why don't you give me a call and set up another appointment to have my teeth clean? <laughs> because you're my dentist, too. And you told me you didn't take our you're insurance. You're my damn dentist, And if he too. went two days ago... No, no, no. No. no, not the dental. Um, do you go into the dental office with the same aggression as this time in the podcast right now? Because no. I would say if you walked in, you're like, listen, you're like, mm, sorry, we don't take your insurance anymore. You can leave. <laughs> so, why am I paying $30 for fluoride? Okay, no, I know. I did. Oh, that was the other because they. She went through the thing and she's like, um, "So it's the two hundred dollars for the descaling," and she goes, "And then it's forty two dollars for the fluoride." And I said, "Oh, they went up twelve dollars." I was like, "Well, you can take the fluoride off," and she goes, "And they, legit, she goes, hmm, I will just mark here that you don't want your work sealed. Can you sign here?'" And I was like, "Yep, descale me." I gotta find a new dentist. I don't want to go back there. Yeah, I don't want to be. You know, uh, there are places like um, Quick Lubes. <laughs> <laughs> oil changes something i won't have to worry about again yeah uh, unless i go back to like you know oh archaic gasoline car times but um that is wwn at <laughs> watermarkonline.com <laughs> start emailing gas guzzlers <laughs> I'm there, you're gonna be like oh he's so woke in his little electric car you know like, listen, people, here's why I drive an electric car. Because I don't want to stop for gas eight times a week because I drive a lot. I drive a lot. I have to stop for gas an insane amount of times. So I, I just go home, plug my car in, go to bed, wake up, it's fine. Uh, but when I used to get oil changes, you know, you go there and it's like, I just want my oil changed. I don't want you to tell me I need all this other stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, or, or uh, and then it's like, oh, so you don't really care about your car then, huh? You're just going to let oil leak everywhere? Yeah. yeah. I don't know that that's what's happening. I sure am. So. I just just changed my oil. Yeah, I and this isn't just my dentist. This is every dentist I've ever been to in my life. Um, 
Dentist and mecha- uh, auto mechanic places, exact same thing. You just It's the difference between working on a car and working on your mouth. See, I don't think that these people were like this to begin with, this dentist that you go to, because mm-hmm. I've, I've gone to them. And they're very nice, and they just do the thing. They just assume. But if I t- I'll tell you why. If I was sitting in that chair, and they said, oh, just sign here saying you don't want your work sealed, I would, I would have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> do we still put fluoride in, in, in water here in, in Florida? Yeah. I, I mean, just drink some water. If you drink tap water. Again, I don't. <laughs> I don't have that hire a maid fund. You ain't got bottled that water you, money. That you got going on. I don't know if I have bottled. Water. Come on, I know your husband is a high end photographer. <laughs> you can afford bottled water. No, it's it's all in the refrigerator. The refrigerators have filters now. Oh well, there you go. That that probably filters out your fluoride. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is that why I needed the scaling? <laughs> I don't know. I will get you Caitlin's in touch thro- with my dentist. Hold on, Caitlin's throwing shit at me. <laughs> um. So yeah, had my house cleaned, had my teeth cleaned, um, and then uh, something you did the week prior is uh, I went and saw Moulin Rouge the musical. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and yes. we were said we were going to talk about it here today. today, here now. I didn't bring all my notes on it right though. here. What is right it playing now. through until here? Now it's in done. Orlando. No, is it done? I, don't I think, think it it's is. done. I don't think it is. It didn't end on Sunday. No, I mean, it played in Tampa for a couple of weeks. <gasps> That's so true. I feel like it's that here for a true. couple of weeks. It is here until March 3rd. We got another week. Do we want to give... Uh, first of all, we we like to say this, right? We really appreciate getting tickets to shows. Appreciate we get it. to talk about it. Love it. Yes. Um. So I, I got tickets from Straz and went... You, you I got went from with, Dr. Phillips. Chris to yep. see the show from Dr. Phillips. So thank you for those tickets. It, it We appreciate it. And we will say... Something to keep in mind when we talk about these shows, Straz and Dr. Phillips did not write these shows. <laughs> they just brought the shows. Right. And so when we talk about, but we have to be honest and talk about our opinions. Yeah. Even though, so, so we're not um, Boeing Yang famous, so we can actually talk about our opinions. Now, mm. when we become Bowie, Bowie, Bowie Yang, Yang uh, famous. Yeah. Bowen Yang famous, right? Uh, then we will delete all of these episodes from the interwebs, and you'll never know that we we actually gave our real opinions. But um, so Moulin Rouge the movie is one of the greatest stunning. movies ever made. It's actually on ever. my top ten list of greatest movies. The movie came out when um, in two thousand one when I was going into the military, and it came out that summer. And when I came home on leave between basic training and my first duty station, me and <laughs> duty. Um, you said duty station. <laughs> um, I didn't know we laughed at uh, active duty and veterans here on this show. Um, <laughs> we just laugh at duty station. So uh, me and my brother went and saw the movie when it came out in theaters, and I absolutely loved it. And it was the very first DVD I ever bought. And it became this litmus test of I would show it to friends of mine, and if they didn't like the movie, friendship didn't last. Um, but everybody I showed this movie to absolutely loved it. I just I, I have to say this because it's been it's the only thing that's been in my mind for the last like sixty seconds. Sure. Did the did the main did the maid clean your duty station? <laughs> I am so mature. Uh, okay, we're gonna move right along. Why is this not funny to you? Duty Station, it's funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, you're so serious all of a sudden and angry that I was like... I'm not angry. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just pouring a glass of water. <laughs> all right, so... 
I love Moulin Rouge a lot. Yes. Um, the movie. The movie. So then I saw the, the musical in New York. Yes. Uh, and when we all went up there, um, like a couple of days later, I went to see a couple more shows. And no, not then. Maybe it was a year after I went and saw it. Anyway, um, I think it was in between stars. I may have talked about this uh, two weeks ago on the podcast. It was in yeah. between stars. And the person was very lackluster who was starring in the show, which I think if you don't have a, a gregarious Christian in the show, Christian being the person's name, not, not religion, um, that it's not, it's just not enjoyable. And so I just didn't enjoy it. Although it's this miraculous set, especially in New York, because they've got like the big elephant thing and this other thing. Really cool. So I was excited to see it on the tour to see how that would translate with a different cast. Yeah. And I will say, the guy playing Christian, I think I wrote down some notes about him. Um, just to say he was really good. I didn't I didn't bring them in here, so I forget his name. Uh, but he was super good, I thought, in what is not a home run of a show. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the greatest musical I've ever seen in my oh, life. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I... And I don't know if this is because I'm such a huge fan of the movie... Because I hate people who gatekeep things. And right. it's like, oh, when I was younger, it was done this way. And it was perfect that way. But you had a perfectly good musical. All you had to do was take that musical and put it on stage. And they were like, no, 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 no. we're going to change up the songs. And I mentioned this um, to you after I'd seen it. Um, I think one of the things that got talked about a lot when the movie came out was that elephant medley. And it was a bunch of different, it was like 15 different songs put into this uh, this one song, uh, one performance. And that was real. I mean, there were a couple other songs in the movie that are that way, where it's a couple of songs blended together. But for the most part, that's the only big medley of a bunch of songs. And it's like the creators of this musical saw that one scene and said, we should do that for two and a half hours because it's just way too many songs. Um, and they decided to update it with songs over the last 20 years. Um, and changed up some of the songs for the movie and added things and removed things. And just for me, the arrangement did not work. Right. And it was, it was, it was kind of unnecessary changes, right? Okay. So in the movie, when I forget, I think it's the sitar player mm -hmm. in the, the play within the movie, the sitar player um, was in love with one of the backup dancers, right? Yeah. And so when he sang that song to her and she was sitting in like in a chair and he's dancing around her, wasn't it Roxanne? Roxanne. Yeah. And so they changed that in this and he sings Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Yeah. Well, I mean, he sings Roxanne, but it's that's what I'm talking it's a, a little bit of Roxanne, a little bit of Bad Romance, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, and it just it's it's sort of like it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. It's like they said, "Hey, this formula worked." So Let's just do it, do it, do it, do it, and it's it's like no, it's like it reminds me of watching like American Auto, which I do because I love it still every season. I'm weird, but they'll tell somebody who has all these runs and all this like um, over processed audition. They'll just say like, no, pick a spot here and there and do that. Yeah, it's, you don't have to do it all the time. It's yeah. so it it was not cool to me. All I thought was that they didn't want to buy the rights to any of the music, so they took whatever the limit is of what you can t sample of a song, like yeah. 16 bars, and just made a five-minute song 16 bars at a time, 
and it was just it was so chaotic and all over the place. Yeah, and something like this relies heavily on the chemistry of your two leads, and um, I did not feel any chemistry between these two. Yeah, I didn't. Um, it was just very blah. It was very you know I don't know. It just it. It didn't ring, and I was super excited for this one because I love the movie, but it did not ring the bell that I wanted it to ring. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah, it's I feel a damn like, shame. I feel like this, though. I will say, if you're not, if you're a fan of Moulin Rouge and you're not really a fan of musicals, then you might like it because you might just, there are people who just want to go and, like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that yeah. song. You'll get to say that 352 <laughs> times. Um, so you might like it, but I do know that people who are fans of the movie went and they weren't big fans yeah. of it, but I do also know people. So, I mean, again, it's all subjective. Entertainment is subjective. I know somebody yes. who went and saw it and liked it so much that they bought tickets to go again and take somebody. Mm. And I was like, I don't understand. I don't. There were, and I don't want to give the whole story away because there's a lot of story changes. Yeah, a lot. Um, the biggest thing, and this is initially more than the music that took me out of it is in the movie, um, Satine spends the entire time trying to come up with ways not to sleep with the Duke uh, because she's in love with Christian. And... Go ahead, laugh. (laughs) Duke is funny. (laughs) Wait, wait, why are you going to laugh at Duke, but you didn't laugh at Duke? You're laughing at Duke. I'm giving you... Time. I'm giving you space. You know we're gonna call this episode at duty Duke. station, don't you? <laughs> I assume. It's um, but in the musical, she sleeps with him right off the bat. And from that moment, I'm like, no, then that that throws off the entire core of the story. The um what are the the truth, beauty, freedom, and love. All out the window. All yeah. out the elephant. Didn't care for it. Oh, also, um, I just want to point that I'll point this out for anybody who saw it. You might get this, but the, I don't even know the character's name. It was the John Leguizamo character. Toulouse. Toulouse. Toulouse's choices <laughs> were mind boggling to me. They are just like, there was this, I don't know. There's too much caricature going yes. on is what it feels like. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to say mm-hmm. it. I was going to say it was a little Kermit the Froggy at points, but yeah. I guess your way is better. <laughs> Now, I don't sing. I ain't getting up there. I don't have the balls to do it. So kudos to all yeah. them. Also, another thing, and this had nothing to do with the actual musical itself, just some notes. It is really hard to root for Christian and Satine against the Duke when the Duke is kind of attractive. I need right. a very unattractive person to play the Duke because he comes in and he's looking sexy. And I'm like, mm, if she wants to sleep over them, I will. Do you know what I, you know what I, when you were talking about how she slept with the Duke, I was yeah. thinking, well, she didn't sleep with the Duke in the movie because he was hideous. <laughs> of course she slept with this guy right away. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have an unattractive Duke. That guy was more Christian than Duke. And he was like, I don't know. There was something like brooding about him. He was very, I would have turned my entire brothel over to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the one guy did. Yeah. Oh, and the guy, the guy, the, 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 I don't know what else to call him except the ringmaster. Um, but he, yeah, Ziegler, he is, he was not gay in the movie. No, they, I, well, he, they don't specifically say he's gay. Oh, but he is very, he has gay ten. You, you can tell he could. Oh, in the movie. Be, yeah. Oh, in, okay. the, in the musical, he's straight out kissing boys. Oh yeah, and but the Duke hooks up with the with Ziegler's boyfriend. Yeah, that well, 
It was 18... Or was he just giving... 19th century or was he just, France. Maybe he was just giving information. Oh, he was giving something. <laughs> oh, <that was>. <laughs> <laughs> I would have watched that movie. <laughs> uh, can y'all give me about 47 seconds, please? <laughs> We're going to take a small <laughs> recess right now. <laughs> it won't take long. Um, so, yeah. So, if you like jukebox musicals... This is the jukiest of them all. The jukiest and the boxiest of them all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so go see it or don't. I don't care. It's not my money. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's the, it is beautiful. The, set. the, the sets and the costumes are amazing. Yes. I can see watching that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that definitely deserved the Tony for the costumes and the sets. It won 10 Tonys. Now, no, no. there needs to be an asterisk nest to this because it won 20 Tonys during the COVID year. So it was only up against two other musicals. But I haven't seen it yet, but you and Ryan have. It was up against Jagged Little Pill. And as I understand, that was a really good musical. Yeah, it's pretty good. There, there, there were all jukebox musicals that year, huh? Because then the other was Donna Summers, right? Uh, Tina Turner. Oh, Tina Turner. Mm, that's pretty good, too. Um, if there was actually, and I don't, Jack I mean, Little Pill was good. It, I mean, Jack Little Pill was good because it's a, it's that's coming soon to Doctor Phillips. That's the next one, yeah. Um, and it is, it's pretty good. It, it's the storyline of it. Um, I don't think is a storyline that people really talk about. Um, when you talk about opioid crisis and the, um, you know, the suburban soccer mom who. It, you know, gets into some sort of accident, is taking opioids, and then it becomes an addiction. That's what it's about. I'm gonna stop you there. Um, I have not seen this, and I don't know the whole story of it. I only know that Jagged Little Pill is Alanis Morissette. Is this musical not about Alanis Morissette? Not at all. Mm, I've lost interest. Which is why I, <laughs> no, which is why I like it. I love Alanis Morissette. Yeah, I wanted like, a musical you, on her life. Well, but what if her life is is boring and vanilla? No, I was looking forward to the before Jagged Little Pill when she was on Nickelodeon's You Can't Do That on Television. I was hoping there was a whole section on slime. Oh, like like she's going to get slimed <laughs> and then sing Uninvited. <laughs> I, I was hoping. Um, if you're a Broadway producer, make oh. that musical. Or you think it would be like You Ought to Know Things You Can't Say on Television? Yeah. You want to know you can't say that on television? Maybe when she's singing about um, You Want to Know, maybe she brings Joey from Full House on stage because that's who the song's about. Oh, really? Yes. He used her. Oh, there's a whole... See? There should be a musical on this. Before, um, or maybe it was the same time, he uh, was on Full House. He was also on Dave Coulier did a show called Cut That Out. on, uh, And I, they aired that on Nickelodeon, too. And supposedly him and her were in a relationship, and Jagged Little Pill was written because he used to cheat on her and ripped her heart out. Yeah. I see it. I, I'm surprised by that. I would see, like, Alanis Morissette as more with someone like a John Stamos than a Dave Coulier. Have you seen Alanis Morissette before... Jacket little pill? Did anybody? <laughs> Let's just say she's not that goth, long haired, crazy girl. Um, she's kind of a, a like a nineteen eighties mall teeny bopper girl. Yeah. Yeah. Totally a Joey uh, a Joey kind of girl. Uh, okay. Not a Jesse kind of girl. Not one of Jesse's girls? 
Not at all. Not at all. Um, but here's the funny thing is I pulled it up. That year, the 2020, um, three musicals were nominated for Best Musical. Only four were up <laughs> for consideration. So they, the fourth one, they were like, no, we're not even going to let what you. What was be. that one? It was The Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Usually we have five, but we're going to keep you. <laughs> Could on. you imagine? There's only four of you. They generally have five in the category. Like, we have like, a chance. You are so bad. We're not even going to consider What if you. you were like one of the backers of that show and you're like, we've got to come out this year. There's only three others. We'll have a chance to win something. <laughs> and they're like, Mm-mm, nope. Uh, now, I will say, because I did like the movie, uh, Percy Jackson. I'd really be interested to see what this musical is like. Have you watched any? There's a series. I haven't watched it yet. I was waiting for the whole thing because Disney Plus does the thing where it releases one episode a, a week. So I was waiting for the whole season to come out. And then before the whole season came out, I canceled Disney Plus because I'm poor. <laughs> so I'm waiting to re-up Disney Plus in uh, March because X-Men 97 is starting up. So I'll watch Percy Jackson once once uh, I re-up. But yeah, so that was that was the Tonys of 2020. Wow. Anyway, how was your week? <laughs> like, now that we spent 45 minutes on your week, do you want to talk about mine? I will say that I went to see, this is great follow-up for Moulin Rouge, because I feel the same way about it, uh, but in a different way. So uh, I went to see Cirque du Soleil Bazaar, which is a touring production of Cirque du Soleil. They got a tent set up in the parking lot outside the Tropicana Theater in St. Pete, and they gave. we wrote an article about someone in the cast. Next issue. Next issue. It's coming up. But is it the same show? Yeah, it's the same Cirque show. Is it coming here to Orlando? No. Oh, okay. They're right. Ryan's writing it over for the Tampa area. Oh, okay. I believe it's there for like a month. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's there through uh, March 24th. So okay, yeah. the next issue is still time after people read it to go out and grab tickets if they want to. Yeah. Um, but so it's a Cirque show, and it's in a tent. It's kind of cool to go to this like circusy tent kind of a show because you're really legit walking into a circus tent, not yeah. like a big building that's permanent. I feel like you and I and Jen and, and Ryan. Ryan all went to this and Danny. a few years ago. I remember a photo of us outside of a tent in a parking lot. I just remember because we're all used to seeing Danny wear like business casual clothes. Yeah. And this was the first instant where we went and hung out with him like on a social level and found out that that he has a very eclectic style of dress. Yes. Yes. And so I was wearing I remember he was there. He was wearing a sequined gown, if I recall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was like a flowery see through black shirt. Um, but we were also, it was just so weird when you see somebody every day wearing yeah. a certain style of clothing and then you go out with them and you're like, oh, you, you, you have a, yeah, you have a, you have an, you have a life outside of this office. You have I have no idea. That is not work <laughs> I felt like when I left, you stayed here and slept at your desk. Um, so anyway, we did go see a show like that. Yeah. And, um, so, oh, but they were gonna have free popcorn. So kudos, because they'll miss some popcorn. I was like, I was gonna pay for it too. I was like, I'll take two popcorns. And they were like, popcorn's free. Uh, but it was the saltiest popcorn I've ever had. So that's probably why it was free. Uh, then you spend a fortune on drinks. But I, it was delicious. Loved it. Why did the popcorn see Moulin Rouge the musical? <laughs> Get it, because it was salty. Oh. It wasn't good. That sounds like it's a, you're a little salty. <laughs> um, 
So the show starts, you know, and it's that typical thing where there's like some sort of clown-ish character walking around doing sure. audience interaction. And it was kind of cool. Were they doing the thing where they go to throw the bucket of water on you, but it's that like strings tied to it kind of thing? They did that last uh, time. They pretended to throw balls to the audience. And every time somebody catch a ball, they're like the person on the, the percussion would be like, <laughs> like, ah, yeah, yeah. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Um, so French. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a whole thing. But then it was like, so I don't want to get into all of it, but there's always a theme going on. And this seemed to be that there was this magic hat where all thoughts and feelings were stored and all imagination and love was created from. And somebody just kept trying to steal the hat and then some idiot kept breaking the hat and everybody on, everybody was on stage most of the time. And like when it would break, Oh no, it's broken. And then they have to do a whole song to fix it. Um, and then it would break again and then somebody would steal it and then it would break. And so, um, but in between all of this, there were acts that would come out and they'd do things. So they had that thing where there's like a seesaw and one yeah. person stands on it and like they'll jump and the other person do flips and jump. And that was kind of cool, you know? And then they had like skaters that were on this little circle thing and they got skates on and they're throwing this guy, strong guy, throwing this girl around. All good stuff. So it was entertaining. The issue is it's a tent and it's a small tent. So if you were fortunate enough to live in a place where there's like a Cirque residency in a building, then you have seen some spectacular Cirque du Soleil things. Yeah. Like Lanuba, great. And they have that wall in Lanuba with all the like the windows in it and people are jumping on trampolines and going in and out of it. It's really cool. Or even in like Drawn to Life, we were there and in Drawn to Life, they had this seesaw thing, right? Yeah. And they had like nine people coming in and out. Yeah, the, and they were going off yeah, and on. And- this was three people. Going in and out. And so, and then they had that pole, and I think they had three guys on drawn together, yeah, doing flips onto the pole and then all sliding down to the bottom. There were two guys on this, and it just, <laughs> it looks like, you know, you go to see Cirque, one thing that you have in your, an image in your mind is that you're going to see like, like the epitome of physique. That was not the case. Mm. But, it, but I mean, it's very strong. Was and- this Cirque du Soleil dad bod? <laughs> 100%. Oh my. Uh, I was I would like to say I like a good dad body. I was I was I would like to say um never this is probably why I ate Taco Bell yesterday cuz I was talking about the show and I was like it's like it just had some people in the cast. <laughs> Did you see the clowns you're like mm, Taco Bell. <laughs> no, what I said is I saw some of the performers and I thought they probably don't turn down a Taco Bell chance if they get one. Yeah. And and I obviously don't either, so I'm not here to body shame anybody. I'm just saying like it just was not the a typical kind of like like that Cirque show. But they were mm-hmm. all very talented, very strong, and it was entertaining. If you have not seen Cirque du Soleil, go see this show. And if it's the if it's your chance to see it, go see it. You're gonna love it. Um but if you have seen uh Lanuba or if you have seen John to Life, you're you might you might get a little bored with yeah. it because so, it's not as spectacular as all of that. Yeah, it but sounds it's still like talent. This is to like what they do at uh, Disney Springs as to traveling shows as to Broadway shows kind of thing. Just a smaller version because they're moving around maybe. Yeah, I mean, I've seen tours of Broadway shows that are spectacular, just as just as spectacular as they are on Broadway. Um, but this one just is a smaller the smaller venue, so you couldn't have this. Like, you know when you walk in there, it's not going to be these big trampoline bouncing around things. And you know there's not going to be this big trapeze act that's going on the trapeze act was stationary and they Mm. but it was still cool it was still cool it's just you know mitigate your expectations 
because you're in a smaller space. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, because we went and saw Drawn Together. We did a story on them last year. Um, there's a, a gay couple um, who, who works. One of them is on the trampoline thing, and one is on the spinny pole thing. Um, and uh, the show was fantastic. And when I went there, um, they gave me a tour of, well, I would say behind the scenes, but under the scenes, because the whole thing is under the set. Um, and it's just amazing, the setup. And when you look at that and you think, yeah, there's no way that they can, oh, yeah, they can, um, they're not going to be able to build this entire thing for a traveling show. So, yeah, like you said, you know, just was curb that, your... In- when you got to go on that tour, was that one of those Black Lanyard <laughs> times where I didn't no, get to go? <laughs> that was a... I was doing an interview, oh, okay. and she was like, while you're here, would you like oh, a tour? Cool. And I'm like, hell yeah, I would. Um, super nice over there. Um, and I feel like they're, they they're have an anniversary nice. coming up this year. It's like the 50th or 60th anniversary of the first Cirque du Soleil, so... Um, they're going to yeah. be doing a bunch of uh, uh, celebration things. So uh, keep I imagine that's what Bazaar that. is like. Maybe that's what it's for. It's like a tribute to the oh, maybe to, yeah. the, to the beginning, to the early days. Yeah. So I, I went to see that, but then I also went to, and this was a lot of fun. I went to the American Stage Gala, which is a fundraiser for American <laughs> Stage, which is a theater in St. Pete, and it's a really it's a great theater. I saw. A couple of shows there. I recently saw the Chinese lady. That's the one I talked about, where the lady threw the yes, fan. yes threw the fan. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. Um, and then I saw what's the Green Day one? American American Idiot. Idiot. Yeah, I saw that there. That was good too. Um, that's a good album though. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. And so so that was all good. So we went to this and it was swanky. We got all dressed up. It was really cool. I had a good time. But some there was a thing that happened there, and I want I want to get your opinion on this because I can be a prude and I just my brain doesn't go to certain areas although like <laughs> clearly when you say duty and duke sure. it goes to toilet humor so, so your brain goes to certain areas <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's just okay so here we go so we're having this conversation with somebody and you know and here's the thing right if you listen to this podcast and you know me personally and you have a conversation with me it's likely i'm gonna talk about it on the podcast so sure. if you're gonna get offended don't talk to me just kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding so no we just met somebody and i don't i'm not gonna say who or the circumstances around it we just we met somebody who was interested in meeting gay people in the area you know and so owning watermark and being out at a lot of events i know a lot of gay people in the area and my husband who is a photographer in the area and has been there for many many years he was a bartender at a gay bar he was a waiter at a gay restaurant he just he knows a lot of gay people so we're like oh okay well we can introduce you to to gay people and so dylan asked the guy um yeah i know a lot of gay people that i can introduce you to what are you into Mm -hmm. and the reaction of this guy was sexually and i thought my brain would never think that so am i like and but am i just too much of a prude no here's and here I, I, you told me this story earlier and here's where i think the i was trying to was. play it off like it was the first time you'd ever heard it oh i know but i <laughs> i know i was just gonna call you out terrible acting what are you in moulin rouge I, oh um <laughs> I think because for those who are on the apps, um, what are you into is a question on the apps that you ask somebody if to find out what they are into sexually. Um, so my only thing, and I'm just trying to make an excuse for this guy who's new to town. 
um, that maybe his thought was like, you know, oh, I'm, when people ask me that on the apps, they're like, what are you into sexually? Um, because it, on the apps, they'll ask you, what do you like to do for fun if they want to know what you do, like if they're looking to go on a date. But if they're looking to just have sex, it's what are you into? And it's like, oh, well, I'm a verse bottom who likes fellatio. Yeah. Um, but I, I repeat the context of this, though, yeah. is that we're at a swanky <laughs> fundraising gala. And we've had long conversations about, you know, how about him and his husband and how long they've lived in St. Pete and blah, 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 blah. So I don't think that the assumption would be that, hey, we're going to hook you up with somebody. It's you just want to meet people so you have friends yeah. to hang out with. And so I'm just playing devil's advocate. Maybe he was thinking that you and Dylan were swingers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did have that upside down pineapple pen. There you go. There you go. Stay uh, away from the pineapple. Sending mixed signals. My bad. My bad. No. Were no. you licking your teeth and sucking your teeth? <laughs> or licking your lips and sucking your teeth? No, I was just doing this. I was like, so uh, what are you into? Mm. Did you bite your bottom <laughs> lip? Like, mm, what are you into? And he's like, sexually? And you're like, no, pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just having a normal conversation. All of a sudden, I just said, so what are you into? Just weird. And then were you asking him at the urinals while you were using the bathroom? I I have a very strict (laughs) zero conversation at the urinal policy. You and me both. And I wish everyone knew you're not supposed to talk at the urinal. And if I know you, I need there to be a a one urinal separation. Yeah. If if I know you and you walk in, just walk out. Just get out and wait till I'm done. I do enjoy my privacy. If I go into this bathroom here, yeah. which has one urinal and one stall, if I see feet under that stall, I'm out. Yeah. I don't care. I If I have to go really bad, I'll go. But if I hear them moving or I hear a toilet flush, I'm fast. I'm like, no, I can't be here when you get out of there. I can't. That I just don't need that interaction. So I, I stop where I'm at I'm, and I'm out of there. Uh, I I have at times... Because when I was just like, and I don't want to even look at people, um, stopped well, as soon as I heard the tur- toilet flush, stopped right in the middle, walked out and walked to another bathroom. Oh my God. Some, so like an intermission at a show when you go into there's like, like 30 urinals lined mm-hmm. up and there's just, they're so tight and close. Like if I get up there, like sometimes I'll get pee shy and I just can't go. So I'll sit there and I'll count to like 20 and then I'll pretend to like, you know. Nope, all done. Zip it up, wash my hands. I'll walk out. I'll wait five minutes and I'll get back in line. Because <laughs> I got to go. Are you worried that they didn't hear any noise and they think you're just a lurk? Look, so I, start, I start going. You're like, <laughs> we got all kinds of bathroom humor on this. I should always drink caffeine drinks. Um, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. Yeah. Um, I, I've been known to to just say no. Like if somebody starts to talk, no. Not a, not here. Oh, when they talk. I thought you were saying I've been known. If they walk in, no. <laughs> Get out. No. Can you imagine? <laughs> God, that would be like the, the epitome of disgusting privilege. Just somebody walks in. No. I'm not finished. Go. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm with you. I also don't want to be in a bathroom if somebody's in a stall and sitting on the toilet because obviously I don't have the maturity to handle toilet humor. So Mm -hmm. if somebody just lets one rip, I'm going to be the one that laughs. Yeah. Anyway, 
enough of my week. I will say, how about a shout out real quick yeah, to Central Florida Softball League, which started up this past Sunday, and to uh, my team, Surge. They're great. Great group of guys. Had a great time. We played two games. We split one, one, lost one. <laughs> Your eyes crossing into the camera like, oh, no, 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 go. no. I just noticed. Um, I don't know which one of you, but somebody knocked my camera. <laughs> And now I can see all of your lights. Oh, no. Let's fix that. <laughs> there you go. We'll be oh, silent. Wait, no. Let's ahead. be silent while we Keep fix going. it. Keep going. Stop. There you go. Move your hand. There you go. So okay. enough about our weeks. Uh, I mean, yes. I think a good hour on our weeks is probably plenty. Yeah. I mean, given that we're doing this show again in two days, we probably should have saved some <laughs> of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, we, no, I mean, I would pretend like what I did this week was what I actually did last yeah. week. And then you'd be like, didn't you do that last week? <laughs> we should really. Yeah, I just, no, just so everybody you knows. You can't ask me to drink and then ask me to keep <laughs> things straight. <laughs> I just want to, just so people know, uh, we don't rehearse anything. No. We just turn the mic. We don't even fact, know what we're going to say. No. And we you, just turn the microphones on and start the talking. The extent of prep is you do a, I'm going to use air quotes, a script, which is basically just an outline of what the topics are. Yeah. But no, everything is winged. Yeah, 100%. And Can you tell? When you ask somebody to drink while you do it, winging is real hard. I don't know how birds do it, but when does you get a little buzzy, uh, it's, it's hard you, to wing you. Is that what you call it when you see a bird flying? You're like, look at that bird look winging that it up there. Wing- <laughs> Wing, little buddy, wing. <laughs> like I will now. Peter Pan, like I can wing, I can wing, I can. Wing. All uh, right, so let's talk about let's talk about our favorite Jesus, not favorite show, our, our favorite, favorite Jesus. Jesus. Um, let's talk about our shows. Uh, um, feud, oh, episode God. five. God, it's almost over. Um, what did yeah. it go to? Eight, eight. Ugh. So we got three more episodes after this, but um, episode five and. We're running a little over, so I think it's okay for us not to talk um, no, let's give it, a lot about this. Let's give it five, ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but this one is called The Secret Inner Lives of Swans. This episode, did you ever see, uh, oh, what is it called? My Lunch with, My Lunch with Somebody. It's a movie, and it's just two guys having a conversation at a cafe. Um, that is what this basically is. It's, it's Truman Capote. Having lunch with James Baldwin. Dude, it's so funny. I didn't make the connection who that was. And he was like, oh, why did you bring me to lunch, Jimmy? And I was like, who's Jimmy? I wrote it down. Who's Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the f- Right off the bat, um, I realized these two actors are playing these um, iconic writers who have very distinct voices. And that's their character. I'm realizing that they think just doing the voice of the person is the character. And I'm <laughs> like, it's more than that. But they're just doing like over the top. I do like this this thing about it, though. It's 1975, right? Yes. It's 1975. You've got a, a black gay author and a white gay author, both very flamboyant in nature, sitting in Tavern on the Green or whatever this fancy little place is that all the rich people go, and they're sitting there and they're having lunch mm-hmm. and being 100% authentically themselves. And yes. I kind of dug that. Yeah. In New York. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah, but it's 1975. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. I mean, if you want to impress me, go to, like, Mississippi or Alabama and do that and tell me what happens. Yeah, Alabama. Ooh. Oh, could you imagine this taking place in, like, a small town in Alabama? 
where embryos in a jar <laughs> are humans. Ugh. Um. Anyway, so you've got these Alabama. two. Um, A-L-A-B-A-M-A. Alabama. That's from uh, one of my favorite movies, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so you've got these two. The, the, the whole episode is these two um, iconic writers. And uh, basically, James Baldwin telling Truman Capote, um, pull your head out of your ass and start, you know, realizing who you are. Which he has to tell him because at the beginning of this episode, you find out that when the when that preview to the book came out in Esquire magazine, um, Babe's husband called him, called mm-hmm. Capote and said, you're done. You're gonna yeah. wither away, and you're gonna die alone, and I'm gonna watch you, and I'm gonna make sure this happens. Yeah. So just and he was basically like, just not letting now. any of the uh, the calls come in go to Babe. Yeah. So and Truman was calling Babe all the time, but he was uh, infiltrating them and not letting Babe know that he's called. Yeah. And according to this series, when he said "just kill yourself, um, alive yourself," um, Capote tried. Yeah. And he took a bunch of pills, but apparently only enough to get him really high and and knock him out. Because, like, if he took all those pills that he took in this TV show, how did that not kill him? He's yeah. a small person. Yeah. I. He took, like, four different kinds of pills and, like, ten. So One of the things pills. that I find interesting about this show is how much of this Truman Capote actually did looking for a result at the end and how much he did as a cry for help. Look at me. I tried to kill myself. So I need you to come and take your me. Um... <laughs> Kind of thing. Uh, I was so worried we were going to get through this without a a Capote voice. voice. Uh, I will try my damnedest. (laughs) Um, So uh, James Baldwin is played by Chris Chalk, whom you might recognize as Gary Cooper from the newsroom. Really? (laughs) Yes. Um, And for those who watch Gotham, he was also Lucius Fox in um, in Gotham, the the Batman series that was didn't have Batman (laughs) and was on uh, Fox. one thing that I would like to say with this, and I, I'm so torn with this because I am, uh, I am in the camp that the best actor for the role. Um, I would really like to see, because uh, these are two straight actors playing James Baldwin and Truman Capote. I would really be interested to see two queer actors playing this and how they would interpret it, as opposed to how these straight actors uh, interpret it, because. This episode really drew attention to me for um, uh, the guy who plays Truman Capote that it feels like they're playing them as caricatures to me. Um, I saw the movie where Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I believe was straight, um, uh, did an amazing job, won an Oscar for playing Truman Capote. Um, These just feel like caricatures to me. And it was hard for me to get into this story. Now, I did really enjoy this episode, more so than the, the previous three episodes. Um, I did enjoy this episode, but I felt almost like that they were caricatures of the hmm. the writers more so That's than. Interesting. I feel like <clears throat> that wasn't an earthquake. I just kicked your camera. Oh, are you? Are you? No. <laughs> are you good? Are you in frame still? Yeah. So the I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as I'm not that sophisticated. I just I, I watched it and I I just assumed that these are gay people. And I think that sometimes people are caricatures of a, of themselves. Yeah, and I feel like maybe Capote is a caricature of a of a human being, and and that that's so it just seems natural to me. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm potato potato, to each their own. 
<laughs> Half a dozen six of one. I don't know. Manet Monet. Let's call the whole there thing There you off. go. Um, so uh, one thing I did find interesting was um, uh, James Baldwin, uh, when they're having that lunch, tells uh, C- Truman, because Truman's like, you know, we're not, we're friends, but we're not like close friends. So I'm kind of curious as to why um, you've uh, asked me to have lunch. And he mentions, particularly back at this time, um, he talks about other marginalized communities, black the black community, the Jewish community, women. They have community with each other. So when something happens, um, they flock to each other to make sure each other's okay. And he says homosexuals don't have a community to reach out to. Um, so he goes, that's what he was basically doing. Yeah, he said, I'm I'm gonna be your community today. Yeah. And give you So I thought that was that was that was great. I really liked him in this, the Chris Chalk. I thought he was yeah. great. I mean I did. I thought I enjoyed. I him. thought he did fine. Yeah, and I yeah. and I enjoyed the the character and that it was just a you know a real like a it's like Truman was getting punched in the face, but not by that guy that always punches him in the face. Yeah, you know it was more like a you need to to wake up and yeah and more it, of a gay slap. But what is interesting because what what you do in this episode is you get to see um, how Capote went from like writing just these couple of things to to changing the thing i think this is where you're gonna see this is the incident that created the feud it wasn't the articles in esquire necessarily it was probably the rest of the book and and why did that happen it's because of him coming to terms so in this and i think this episode's job was to show you truman's side of the story and that to so that you would I don't know. I don't have some empathy for him. It didn't work for me, um, but it's uh, like I don't have any sympathy for him. But yeah. but you see, like the 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 things that he wrote in Esquire magazine were supposed to. Um, it was supposed to be about the men who were treating the women poorly, and yeah, and then and and but but the women said thought it was like oh he betrayed us and really he was trying to show that the women were strong and the men were terrible so while he's with james baldwin this whole day james is like tell me more about the women tell me what you didn't put in there and as he's telling him all of that you start to see him realize that the women are just as bad um and that that's the story he's going to tell so that's probably the betrayal that came the real betrayal is we're going to make the women look bad in the rest of the book. Yeah, I will say that this did not make me feel better for Truman, but it did make me think, not that I thought I could think less of these women, but it reminded me, it just reiterated how terrible these rich white women are. Um, because he mentions in there, they all had their own affairs. I right. mean, their husbands were all cheating on them, but they were also having affairs. Right, so why is Babe having all these breakdowns every time she finds out that her husband's cheating on her mm-hmm. when she cheats on him every time that yeah. he goes Yeah, and this town? has nothing to do with the episode, um, but watching it, if I was keeping a tally, Slim was cheating with the, hotter, the hottest of the guys. <laughs> they showed uh, oh, each yeah. one of the guys that each one was cheating with, Slim wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, dead ass. So, so for four episodes, they make you think that that these women are 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 victims. Are victims? Yeah. Um, and then I mean, you know, I'll just say this: we don't know. I don't. I haven't researched the whole story, and I don't know if their husbands cheated first. So they said, "Well, if they're going to do it, we're going to do it," or how it all works out. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that there's no no one's innocent in these in these. Yeah, this is totally based off the show. These could have been right. goddesses, and Truman is a piece of shit who lied about everything. Right. 
But based on the show, these are terrible women. Um, so there is one thing that that he says in there that I thought was interesting when he's talking. Um, I can't remember if it was James Baldwin who said this or Truman. Um, but they're going over the the classism uh, uh, of these rich white people. And he says it's just like a, a checking boxes for them. Uh, blacks are for labor. Gays are for entertainment. And the other women are just there for the men to look at. And we're everybody there is to serve the rich white people. And I was like, that's right. Fuck them. I think Capote said it. And I think that's like the moment mm. when it was like, this is what my book is going to be about. Yeah. And you know, uh, to me, that's what that meant. And I mentioned this uh, earlier, but I don't know if this is, well, I didn't know if this was an actual event that happened, but I did find an article, um, oddly enough, from Esquire. Um, where they talk about this episode, and this is not based on an actual event that happened, um, but Baldwin and uh, Capote knew each other and were aware of each other and apparently had a feud of their own. Uh, and uh, so I just want to read this one part from Esquire where they're talking about, they, were, they said that uh, Capote and Baldwin could have had their own season of feud based on their interactions with each other. Uh, Capote did not approve of Baldwin's foray into fiction, writing, I loathe Jimmy's fiction. It is crudely written and of a balls aching boredom. And then uh, Baldwin also had an issue with Capote um, because of uh, the essays he wrote. So I thought that was interesting that this episode is Baldwin is uplifting Capote. And in real life, he actually had a problem with the way that Capote wrote about people. Um, so I found that fascinating that they would use James Baldwin as the um, right. So that didn't really happen. This actual lunch never happened. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't have read the Esquire article. You've ruined it because for me. I've ruined this episode. It's ruined. I I can't believe it. I was reading through Esquire and <laughs> I ruined it for everybody. Somebody can just punch this me. This is why in the no face. one likes you, Capote. Um. So. The entire day is them going. They start at lunch, and then they go to a uh, an art museum, and they go to uh, a gay bar, and it's just um, Truman telling James Baldwin about uh, the swans, and you only see the swans in this episode in flashbacks. Oh, excuse me. So, um, so this line never happened. I mean, I know it's a written fiction show, but I like to think that the lunch happened, and then this line, which I loved which was they were talking about why they never hooked up. Oh, yeah. And he said something like, he's like, oh, come on. We're two flowers with, with no, no gardener. gardener. And yeah. I was like, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Anyway. When people, and I, particularly this is for straight people, um, when you have a gay person in your family and they have a gay friend and they inevitably say, at some point they'll say, why aren't you two together? You're so cute together. I am going to use this line. We are two flowers with no gardener. <laughs> because that is a perfect example of why not every two guy gay guys right. go together. So um, there was one other line that I'll point out and that I liked in this. And I think it's when Babe like was telling, they did a flashback where Babe's telling Capote all the dirt or he's <laughs> listening to Babe and her husband fight about a, about yeah. her, about him sleeping with um, that Vanderbilt, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, her legs are tree trunks. <laughs> Cut one off and count the rings. I was like, Meow. 
Yeah. They're, anyway. they're all catty girls. So I'm good with, with what we've had to say about this, unless you have something um, that you want to Yeah, I mean, the, the episode just ends with, because Truman through the whole episode is saying, you know, why? Why, are, why did you come here to hang out with me all day? What is the point? And he goes, I'll tell you once we reach the end of the day. And the whole point was, um, I need you, you need to write. You need to tell this story. You, you told a little bit of it, but you need to finish the story. And like you said earlier, I think this is where... It went from Truman feeling sorry for himself and being like, I wish they would take me back to I'm going to fuck your world up now. And it ends with um, him bringing in this um, aspiring chef um, who looks like the guy from Ratatouille. He does. He does. He actually is one of the he's uh, related to the Reagans in Blue Bloods. Oh, and right. he was in this this week's episode of Blue Blood. So I was oh, like, nice. oh, look at that. Yeah, he looks like the chef from Ratatouille. And he had him go down in the middle of the night to a lake in, I guess, Central Park and kill a swan and bring it back and cook it so he could eat it. Um, because during the, uh, when Baldwin's hanging out with him, Baldwin, uh, after he leaves, he calls him back and he says, oh, there's one more thing. Because he kept giving him swan, uh, bits of swan trivia. And he gives him one last bit of trivia before he gets on the plane. And he said um, that the queen in England, the queen has um, jurisdiction over all the swans. And she's actually the only one in the entire United Kingdom who is legally allowed to kill and eat a swan if she wants. So Truman took this as his call to action and has uh, the Ratatouille chef uh, hunt him down a swan, kill it, and then cook it and serve it to him. And that is how we end the episode. So we've got three more episodes. And I think, because I mentioned last week, how where are you going to go with this? Because basically they all forgave each other. Well, apparently Truman said, ah, I changed my mind. I'm going but to I screw you up. But I think that this, isn't this before? I don't remember is, the years from last episode. So I think this is before he and babe started to make up i think that what they did is they went back in time because this happens the day after the esquire articles come out so i think that this is before i think they're trying to show you why the split happened and this is innately the problem with the show is that it jumps over the place all over the place so much mm -hmm. that sometimes it doesn't do a very good job of telling you where you are in the, in the timeline yeah i get that people watch quentin tarantino movies and they're like well that is such a clever movie making technique where you jump all over the place it's okay to tell a chronological story. Every once okay. in a while, it's okay. It's fine. So I will tell you that the that the Rotten Tomatoes on Feud has changed since we were doing it. Ooh. It was around like 75, 74 um, previous mm -hmm. to this. So what do you think we're at now? I mean, I guess this episode might have piqued some people's interest. So I'll say we bumped up to a 78. 86 critics, 85 really? audience. For the whole series or for this episode? I think it just does it for the whole series. All right. Anyway. I will say, ratings-wise, this uh, this episode had a bump in ratings. Um, they were averaging around a quarter of a million people, and this one was uh, about a third of a million. I wonder why. There you go. Like, how do you know? Like, you either watch it or you don't. So what just Trailers? made people want to watch this one? I will say that I have seen um, TikTok ads for this. Oh, so maybe that's... For feud. So maybe it's the advertising. Hmm. Mm. Put that tree trunk line out there on a TikTok. That'll get Sounds people... like ads work. And if you want them to work for your business, reach out to your sales rep at watermark.com. <laughs>
<laughs> watermarkonline.com. And if you want them to work for this podcast, sponsor this podcast so we can advertise it. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, we'll keep watching it. I will say this episode piqued my interest a little more than the last three have, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Ryan Murphy has a track record of having interesting ideas and not being able to stick the landing. So we'll see how this goes. You got three episodes, Ryan. Yeah. I was a big fan of Hollywood, though. Yeah. Big fan of the whole thing. I thought Hollywood's okay. All right. So then we decided to watch in our Oscar quest. Yes. The we... the the non-nominated <laughs> All of Us Strangers. Didn't Just get a single nomination. Why, why did we watch it if it wasn't nominated? Uh, first, because we were going to watch... Um, Poor, Poor things. things, but that does not come on streaming until Tuesday. Um, so this was easier to watch. Um, also, while this was not nominated for any Oscars, it was expected to be nominated, and it was nominated in every uh, the yeah. Independent Spirit Awards uh, or Independent Film Spirit Awards, the BAFTAs. Um, all it got nominations in all those. Um, so since it was a critically acclaimed movie that was nominated in other award shows this season. We decided to watch it. Also, it's queer. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's what we do. We do that's we what do we the do. Queer. That's what we do. We do queer. So, um this is a uh, a, two, a 2023 movie. It just came out last year. Um uh, was released on Hulu this past week. Is a it's described as a romantic fantasy. Um it's actually based on a, no- a 1987 novel. And was a Japanese film called, <laughs> I'm not even going to try that, <laughs> um, a Japanese film from 1988. Uh, and then this was recreated. Um, it Essentially, it's just four people. Um, it, legit, I'm trying to think, was there anybody else in the movie? Like, even in the background? In the background, yeah. I mean, there was a club scene. There were oh, a club. that's right. That's right. They, they had the club park. scene. That's right. Um, uh, but there's four speaking roles. There's Andrew Scott. He stars in it. Um, Paul Meskel, Jamie Bell, and Claire Foy. I thought. Can I just say while we're mm-hmm. talking about them, I I don't know that I've seen Paul Meskel in anything, but I really liked him. Yes, he uh, he was actually Oscar nominated. Uh, he was in a movie last year called. I knew I should have wrote this down because I was going to forget it. Boop. He was in a movie called After Sun. Oh, okay. I do remember hearing about a show like that, but I I hadn't watched it. Yeah. So I thought he was really good. And then I just want to point out, I, I have figured out that I love Jamie Bell. Yes. And whatever he is in, I'm going to enjoy. He played Bernie Taupin in Rocketman. Mm-hmm. He was Billy Elliot when he was a kid. Back in the- Way back in the day. The Billy o- Elliot the days? OG Billy Elliot. Yeah. Um, he was also in a movie called Jumper. Did you ever see that with Hayden Christensen? <gasps> yes. I enjoyed the Jumper. Mm, Hayden Christensen. He was also in, mm. um, um, what year was it? No, I take that back. He wasn't in that movie. Okay, um, but he's just really good. In fact, the character that he plays in this, he plays um, uh, the father of the main guy. Yeah. So the premise of the movie is Adam Scott, who is the the the, the lead um, Adam. Um, he um, he's a he's a television writer. He's got writer's block. Um, he just his life just seems to be stuck. Like, you know, he's just doesn't have a lot of friends, doesn't really go out. 
Um, and he's just stuck. He lives in a condo. Yes. That must be like brand it's a new. new. There's a line in there where he talks about, um, or when uh, Paul Meskel, who plays Harry, comes and he says, I think we're the only two in the building because it just opened up. Yeah, there's yeah. like, I mean, there may be one other because, you know, the fire alarm goes off and they go down. There's like a couple and then there's him and then there's that other guy. But you're talking like a 15, 20 yeah. story tall building that's probably got like a yeah. hundred units. And without units giving too much away, maybe they weren't even there. Maybe there was no fire alarm to begin with. I this question, movie is crazy. At the end of this movie, I questioned everything I saw. It's a very weird movie. But go ahead. Yeah, no, so I just... um. No, that's all I want to say. <laughs> that I just was saying that he lived in this condo yeah. that was empty. So when you're talking about his life being somewhat empty, it's just sort of indicative of yeah. where he lived. He just lived in an empty place. Ah, it's an analogy. Can I point this out though? Because right off the bat, yeah. right, a fire alarm goes off. Yes. He's cooking food, the fire alarm goes off, he goes downstairs. I guess the one dude was a rebel and he's like, I'm not going downstairs in the fire alarm, which is why Harry. he looked yeah. he looked at him in, in the window. Did you notice when the fire alarm went off, he went to the elevator and hit the button and he rode the elevator down. If the fire alarm is going off, you're supposed to take the stairs. Mm, that's an American thing. This is oh, England. Sorry. England says if a fire alarm goes off, elevators are fine. Get Actually, the they, they say lifts. They're like, oh, it's fun to use the lift. Um, in case of fire, <laughs> run to the nearest tightest space. I need you space to use your British accent. Surrounded by I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know either. It's like, oh, so there's a lift over there. It's a foyer. You go get on the lift. <laughs> I just... uh, when I watched the trailer for this, so before yes. I watched the show, I watched the trailer for it, and I said I was showing it for to Jen, and I said, look, I have to watch this today. Do you want to watch it with me? I was like, I'll play the trailer. And granted, we had we hadn't got a lot of sleep the night before, and I had softball games, and it was I was running around in the sun and just tired. And so we were both a little out of it, just tired, watching the trailer. And for whatever reason, I was picking up everything we were saying, but Jen couldn't understand because some of them have like heavy cockney accents, accents yeah. and couldn't understand. But there was a line that was in the in the trailer that's in the movie, and it just it just destroyed me, and I immediately started crying just watching the trailer. And Jen Jen goes, "I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Why are you crying?" Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Uh, I will say, and maybe this has something to do with it, Andrew Scott and Paul Meskel are both Irish. So they're Irish actors doing an English accent. Um, So maybe much like me, they have difficulties with the English accent. Would that accent. be like gay people doing a Chick-fil-A commercial? What? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there like a, a time not too long ago? Do you think the English think that uh irish people are an abomination unto the lord there was not a long time yes i do like there was it's not that long it's, ago that there was a big battle you, north england or north ireland and south ireland there was a battle between i mean you're going back to um oh, english there in fact like look back when i worked at at disney and we were like and i can't do the accents so please don't ask me to sure but back when i was like um friends of characters there um there was somebody who was who was friends with Winnie the Pooh, who had a very, very, or who was Irish, and did this in in full on like costume character thing, um, went on in this thick Irish accent as if talking to British uh, guests of the park, 
yelling like you're killing my people like just i didn't i don't know what accent i just did it was not that maybe that that might have been some residuals from watching saturday night live the other day i don't know if anybody watched that but no. anyway hmm. um there's all jamaicans thing and i think that i think i picked that up good lord why do we even do accents on the show it's so stupid so anyway but she was like like this irish Winnie the Pooh. I have yelling. no idea what is going on right now. <laughs> I should not drink caffeine during the show. So <laughs> it was this Irish Winnie the Pooh yelling at British people for for killing their people. So there's a well, thing. yes. If you want to go back in history, the English have killed a lot of people. Um, there there is a specific thing about Irish people and, and English people. So um, anyway, that's what I was referring to. Carry on. So Adam and Harry <laughs> are um they're in the building um the fire alarm finishes um Harry comes to Adam's door and um he's uh he's been drinking and uh, oh they're both homosexuals did we mention that oh. they're both gay and um Harry wants to hang out with Adam he's like uh, you know come in we'll, uh, we'll hang out we'll see where it goes well uh um what are you into <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Raise the doorbell. Actually, no. I mean, what are you doing? Um. So he um. Uh. He's like, oh no, I'm I'm fine. I'm good. And then he closes the door. Um. So the the whole premise of the movie, um, and they don't really explain how he found this out. He just shows up at the place. The the Andrew shows up or Adam. I'm sorry. Shows up at the house that he grew up in. And his parents are there, but it's like his parents back in the eighties, right? So there, he's actually older than his parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His parent. It's like he was like twelve when his parents died in a car accident. You find this out in the movie. Um, so he goes back to the house, and for some reason, when he goes back to the house, it transports him as adult Adam um, to his parents' house in the eighties, and he hangs out with his parents. So the first time he goes back, both his parents are there, and. Uh, He's hanging out with them and uh, talking about um, uh, just you know what what's going on in his life. Yeah, and you know you, what it, it's kind of confusing, right? Because there's like it just this obviously isn't the first time he's been there, so you don't really know when it started or how long. But you get you get the sense that it's recent. But I just kept thinking for the first forty five minutes of this movie, like where is where is ten year old Adam? Yeah. Yeah, because I it just if if it was like this thing where he transcended time and went back in time to to be there with them, it's like, well, where is he? So it's just a little like I, my brain was just constantly asking questions about why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. So the whole movie is him going back and forth between the 1980s and and his life now. So he sees his parents and then goes back um, uh, to his real world, um, and he runs into Paul. No, I'm sorry, Harry. I wrote in the notes, I wrote their actual names because I forgot what their names were in the show. So Paul is Harry and Andrew is Adam. But oddly enough, Paul isn't Harry, as pointed out by Adam's mother. Yes, that is true. Yes. Um, so um, here's one thing I want to ask, and this is a little a little graphic. So I apologize, Mom, if you're listening. 
But um, a- uh, Adam comes back to his apartment and he sees Harry and he's like, "Hey, I do. You want to go upstairs uh, and hang out? I'm ready. I'm ready to hang out with you." Um, and they go upstairs and they have sex, and then they're sitting there, uh, post coitus, if you will. Um, and then Harry licks Adam, and I thought it was sweat, but who I was watching the movie not sweat. tells me it is not sweat. Did he lick it is. that? That is okay. That's what I thought. Let's just say that upon completion of this act mm-hmm. that they were doing, there was evidence of said act on Adam's chest. Yes. And as and then Harry. Yes. Yeah. Let's say if this scene took place in Alabama, Harry committed murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't fertilized embryos. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time, and it's going to come down to oh no, those little sperms are babies. I think you have to wait like thirty seconds, and then you can. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. So I didn't read the ruling. After he um, uh, hooks up with Harry. Um, he goes back to his parents' house, and is it's this time his mom. So each of the next two Wasn't times, was sex scene kind of graphic? It was nice. Well, I mean that yeah, part was graphic. You, you know, it, I mean I don't mean in a bad way. I, I, I just mean that it was like. Did you mean was it hot? Yeah, it was hot. Um, the the interesting thing is, um, well, that it's you know it it's sort of it's always I guess because when I grew up. Like, it still is somewhat shocking for me to see graphic sex scenes between people because usually it would be like, hey, let's go up to my room, and then they would just show you the next day. You know, it yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't show you as they do in, like, you know, the straight movies when straight people go at it. So it's just, like, it's it's I love that they do it. It's just interesting, interesting to me, and it always – it kind of makes me laugh a little. Like, when um, – What's a what's a non crude way to say it? Oh, when when one person fellates another, sure. Um, like the act of pretending to fellate someone makes me laugh. Yeah, because I'm like, do they do they teach that in acting class? Yes, I will say that as we were, I was watching this with Chris, and as I was watching that, we were both um, giddy talking about like, oh my god, look what he's doing. Because <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's down there doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, good for good them. Time. Good for them. Um, so yeah, he goes back to see his mom. Um, at this time, he just sees his mom. The next time, he's just gonna see his dad. Ooh, before that, though, can I just say because yeah. when they're talking, the two the two gay guys are talking, and the one guy's like, "Yeah, I'm gay," and then the other's like, "Yeah, I'm queer." And then they talk about the difference between saying gay and queer, and I found it fascinating because it is exactly the way the world is. There are people of a certain age who hate the word queer because that was what they were called and bullied at when they were younger, and then there's just an, another generation that says queer because there's an age difference between the two of them. Yes, and um and. And he just says, the one guy says, I just like queer because it just seems more polite. And I thought, that's an interesting way to put it. I I happen to be a fan of using the word queer because yeah. I just am. Um, so uh, he goes and mom puts on the kettle, as I think most British moms do. Um, and then gets totally weirded out that he's Wait, gay. Are we going to talk about what happens before they get to the to drink? Because he shows up and the mom's there and it's raining. Yeah. And so she's like, this is, I just thought this was weird. Not knowing what's going on made parts of this just creepy to me. He is an adult male. Yes. And he comes over there. He's out in the rain. And his mom says, well, take off your clothes and I'll throw them in the dryer. And he's like, I'm not just going to take off my clothes. And she's like, I'm your mother. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not four years old. So I'm not going to undress. And so she said, no, go on. 
I'm not going to leave the room. Take your clothes off. So he starts to take his clothes off. And I'm just like, why is this happening? Is that weird? See, again, I'm a I didn't think that was, no, that scene did not stick with me. <laughs> I didn't find that weird. I mean, because he didn't, but, he didn't get butt naked. He just took his shirt off. I think that that's where she, he took his pants off too. I didn't, didn't see he? that. I don't recall that I'm part. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. If you watched it, shoot us an email. No. Um, um, yeah, I know. He, he took his shirt off, and she commented that he's hairier than his father. Um, or not as hairy as father. One or the other. And then she said, you look exactly like her father. Yeah. Which was weirding her out. Um, she weirded me out. That's all I'm saying. What was it because she didn't? She took him being gay as uh, she weird. No, was weird because then? it was before. It was weird to me how she wanted to take all his clothes off. But anyway, yeah. I mean, and then her reaction. Yeah, she uh, she was taken aback by him being gay, um, and uh, yeah. So it's just a weird interaction between the two of them um, when she finds out that he's gay. Um, says that he never seemed gay to her. Um, but, yeah, you know. I like his. I like his reactions to all this. Like, what I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's like, "Yeah, you do." But you know what's interesting is like he was having a conversation with a person from a time where none of that was acceptable. Yeah, and so her, she's trying to make sense out of it, and he's explaining like, "No, men can marry men," and she's like, "I don't understand why." Yeah, but it was a weird comment she made then. She's like, "Isn't that like having your cake and eating it too?" Yeah, I didn't understand. I like, what that. does that even mean? Um, but yeah, it, it, there's a very weird interaction with the mother, um, where she's not, um, she's obviously, uh, trying to process the yeah. fact that he's a homosexual. Um, so, um, they have tea, um, and, uh, sorry, I just remembered a, another thing that creeps me out later in the movie. Ahead. No, it's just later. Oh, they're in the, when, the, when they're decorating the tree and she's trying to let him know that she's okay with him being gay. Oh, And yeah. she's singing that romantic love song to him, bizarrely under her breath while staring at him. I forget the song. Um, I don't remember. Um, anyway. Maybe it'll come back to you as we get to that part. Um, so uh, he goes back uh, to his real world and uh, uh, Harry's there and Harry tells him that he'll he's there's this weird thing because Harry does it and his mother does it where they're like checking his temperature and they're like, oh, you're warm. He's warm throughout the whole fucking movie. Right. And he says, let me draw you a bath. Yeah. He's right? like, let me draw you a I've bath. I've known you one day. We hooked up once and now I'm going to come over and draw you a bath and we're married. Yeah. And then uh, Adam's like, do you want to stay the night? And he's like, I would love to stay the night. So they stay the night with each other. Um, <laughs> I'll leave the accents to you. Uh, all right. It works better. Um, <laughs> So um, then he goes back, and this time his dad is there. And I think this is probably the best scene in the movie. Uh, it is he, It is 100% the best scene And in he the movie. goes and sees his dad, and he's talking to him, and he's like, yeah, your mom told me um, what happened. Told me the whole situation that you two had. And uh, Adam basically explains to him about how when he was younger, uh, and he used to get picked on, um, and he would come home and crying. Before before you get into that, I just want to point out that the dad's reaction to him being gay right off the bat was much better than was his great. Yeah, I mean, he even said, and he goes, "I always knew you were a bit tutti frutti," which yeah. I thought was cute in a way because his dad's just trying to say, "Hey, it's all good," um, and I love that. And then it gets a little deeper uh, with with this part, and I thought, God, it's such a good scene. 
Anyway, you go ahead. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no, you're just good. wanted to say tutti frutti. Um, his dad, uh, he talks about how his dad, um, or how he used to be picked on. He would come home crying and his dad would said, um, you used, you know, I used to hear you crying in your room and Adam asks him, he goes, well, why didn't you ever come into my room when you heard me crying? Right. To which his reaction is, well, why didn't you ever tell me yeah. what happened? And, and so Adam's like, no, you answer first. Yeah, and, and his this dad was great. Yeah, and his dad said something. He goes, and he, he kind of recognized because he apologized for it. And he goes, I didn't want to know that my son was the kind of kid that got picked on. Right. Yeah, and he's like, you know, it just was easier for me to pretend, oh, he's and in then there he's, just being emotional. Right, and then he said, because if I knew you when I was that age, I would have I picked, picked on you. On you. Yeah. And then to which Adam says, and that's why I never told you. So and I, then they cry together. But it was like, no, so the guy's sitting there and he's trying to talk, right? The father. And you can tell that he's like getting increasingly, increasingly emotional. And um he when he starts crying a lot, he just says, Um, I'm sorry I never went into your room and you were crying. And that that's the line that was in the trailer that just sort of like made me break down. And of course in the movie it did too. I just can't I can't handle movies where and I've said this before that where parents feel like they've disappointed their children. So like Stella, when she's standing outside the wedding, their daughter won't invite her to because she's a big mess and a disappointment. You ever see this with, um, what are you talking about? It's the movie Stella with, um, I just want to say Barbara Streisand, but it's not, it's Bette Midler. Oh my God. It's yeah. so intense. It's such an intense moment. And, but it's just like all of these things when parents feel like they disappointed their children, when they're just, you know, they're just people trying to live their lives. Like, oh, I just, it makes me crazy. So when he apologizes to him and then he's like, you know, can I hug you? And he's like, please do. It's just this amazing moment, you know? And I think maybe that hit home a little much for me because, um, shortly after I came out to my mom, when I was in high school, um, I did not know this, but she, told my dad right away and it was years later that we even had a conversation about it and so um like when homecoming or prom came around i just i sat in my room and listened to air supply and cried because i couldn't go to the dance with who i wanted to go with yeah you know and so why this is hilarious to you but there i am i'm like crying and i remember and i know that my dad asked my mom like why is he in there crying? And and so like that whole thing was like, it, it really hit home for me. Yeah. Now later, many years later, uh, my dad and I had conversations and everything's fine. You know, um, like he was 100% ex- accepting of me and we had a great relationship um, the, before he passed away. So it was all, all good. Uh, I have a great story about the first time that he acknowledged me that I was gay, um, which I'll tell someday because it's awesome. He was an awesome guy. Um, but... That scene just really hit home for me, so I loved it. Uh, yeah, and that yeah. could have been the whole movie. That whole scene. movie could yeah. have been that scene, and I'd have been like, "This is the greatest movie ever." Um, but then they added a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so and, and after went, after hugging his dad and and having that powerful moment, um, he gets with Harry and they go to a club. Oh my god! Do you remember when they were having the conversation? I wrote this down. I can't say the whole sentence, but when they, <laughs> Jeremy's like, "I'm exhausted with you," um, when. When um, he was saying that he was picked on and how bad it was, the father said, kids are little bleeps, aren't they? 
And he, I guess it's okay to say this in England a lot. They use the C word a lot. Oh, yeah. And we that's, don't. That's but nothing said, to them. Kids are little C words, aren't they? And yeah. that made me crack up. So. Uh, Good for them. That they are. That they are. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Kids. Um, so, yeah, they go to the club, and uh, it's uh, Adam and Harry's that are there, and uh, they decide to do some Coke in the bathroom. Turns out it's not Coke. It's ketamine. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I was wondering what it was. We're, and they we're... go into what is called a K-hole. Have you been in a K-hole before? No, Mom, I haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, they go into a K-hole, and this is kind of where it starts to get weird, where it's like you don't know what's real and what's not. Like, he's waking up in random beds everywhere. Um, and he wakes up in his old bedroom, and he goes downstairs, and that's where they're decorating the Christmas tree. And he helps them decorate the Christmas tree. And then his mom's like, you know, oh, something's coming to to, to uh, merry old England, so you better go up to bed. And he's like, but mom, I want to stay up. And uh, she sends him off to bed. And then grown-up Adam Scott, uh, or Adam Andrew Scott as Adam, comes in uh, to his parents' bed, and he's like, oh, can't... I, wearing child yeah. pajamas. Oh, how a nightmare. Can I come into bed with you and daddy? And she's like, yeah, come on in. Um, so grown <laughs> Andrew Scott climbs into bed with these two other grown adults, and uh, that he's older than yeah, that he's older than. Um, um, so uh, they're you know having like this conversation, and you just see his face and his mom's face, and he starts crying and she's crying, and then you see what you think is his dad's hand come over, and he's like, "Oh, are you okay?" And then it pans over. And it's Harry, and it's like, oh, wait, we're in your bed in your apartment. And it's just, it's going back and forth like this, and it's oh, annoying. It's all over the place. It was, it's really a defining moment in, you are watching one show, and then they have this great moment with the father, and he's talking about their favorite memories. Like, he said, I have good memories of you, too, and it's talking about yeah. Christmas, and it goes from that good mem- that good conversation to the good memory at Christmas to shit just went nuts. Yeah. And that's when you start thinking... What the hell is this show about? <laughs> yeah. So he's talking to Paul in bed and then he rolls over and you realize Paul's not there anymore and he wakes up in the subway. Yeah. And then it, then Paul's walking around the subway. Yeah. So and he's, he's like following, Paul. following him and he's like, what's going on and then here? Then they're back at the gay bar. Did you ever see Jacob's Ladder? That movie from mm, the- I know exactly what you're talking about, but I didn't see it. Oh, this, this, is the, this part of the movie feels like Jacob's Ladder. Like you don't know what's real and what's not. And if maybe he's losing his mind. Um, um, so, yeah. So, they're going back and forth. Are we going to talk about this whole thing and tell everybody what it's about? I mean, we can. All the way to the end? We can. I mean, do we want to give the ending away? I don't know. I don't know. Nah. Nah. Nah, we won't. So, there's a weird ending. Um, it, it, it's It's... Well, I mean, it's weird if you think it's weird. It's um, it's stupid if you think it's stupid. That's it's very it's, very universal. Yeah. It is weird if you think it's weird. If um, but when you watch it, like when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. What was your initial thought when you saw the ending? In one word, I thought, hmm, interesting. Well, I would just I would say predictable. Oh, just because there was a there was a thing that happened. And it was really when they when he's showing all that jumping around in the beds and like things are changing and this and that. I at that moment, like at that moment, I didn't take any more notes after that. Uh, and I, I looked at Jen. I paused the movie and I said, "Here's what's happening. Here's one of two things that are happening." And I said, "Either this or this." And it was one of those two. So yeah. I, I just, I, it just like 
it because it was such a normal ish movie and in that two minutes of just insanity it kind of threw it all off for me and so then i thought oh that's what it is now it i mean they are they're really two separate movies i think in this one and um i don't know i i, I the ending wasn't so weird as and it wasn't like mind blowing to me like there are movies um, that have been made that have the same theme as this, where it's supposed to be this huge surprise ending that do it way better uh, than yeah. I think it did. So it didn't shock me. It didn't. Um, it didn't ruin me or destroy me. To me, the best part of this movie was the relationship between him and his father, and that's kind of what I wanted it to be. So all the other stuff was kind of like, all right. Yeah. I probably liked this movie more than you did. I didn't think it was a mind blowing ending, but I thought it was an interesting ending. I thought, yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I thought the movie itself. Now you, uh, you aren't a fan of weird movies as is anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, they, you know how I always talk about movies looking like they're filmed without the air conditioning turned on? Yes. This was one of those movies. But I was so glad that it was because then I was like, now I can describe to you exactly what I mean. So what I mean is everyone in this movie seemed like they were constantly sweating. And they looked like they always needed a shower. And so if they look that way, then that makes me feel like I'm sweaty and need a shower and it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. So that's what I mean by that. But I I don't want you to get the impression I didn't like this movie. I'm really glad that I watched it. There are moments in it that I thought were incredible. I really liked the relationship that the two guys had um, a lot. I liked the relationship between him and his father a lot. Um, I just don't know that I really cared for the way it all came together. Yeah. Um, more so I appreciated, um, the, the conclusion with his parents more so than with Harry. Like, I thought that was a really interesting aspect of how he's seeing his parents, what, how, what, what his parents actually are, uh, and how they, a wrap that up. Yeah. That was interesting. The, the diner scene was really good Yeah, as well. Um, it was like that concept is interesting and new to me. Like that was that whole thing with it. Once you figure out what's going on and and why he's seeing them and all that kind of stuff, then it all kind of makes sense. I yeah. just wanted it to be something else. Yeah. So that's okay. And and then I started thinking and I told you about this earlier and I I'm not going to articulate it well. So let's prepare for that. M- much like everything I say on this podcast, mm-hmm. I will not ar- articulate this well, but it reminded me of American fiction. In the sense that um, American fiction, like the the story, fuck, was so huge to white people because they wanted black trauma, mm-hmm. and so this this movie, everybody talks about this like it's the greatest movie, one of the greatest movies ever made, and and to me, I think it's sort of like them just eating up gay trauma, and so it's like, oh, it didn't have to be that, you know? Yeah, that's all. Uh, I wrote a. <laughs> I wrote a show in high school um, as part of this thespian society competition thing. And, and somebody in the show dies. And I remember this distinctly. One of the judges um, commented on it and said, I'm tired of reading shows where the, where the gay guy has to die. Can we get beyond that? And I thought that was interesting. And so when I, was this? This was uh, 93. Yeah, no, that was, so, that was an acceptable time. 
for for that trope. Yeah, to, <laughs> right. I mean, now it's like, oh, aren't we tired of this? No, that's that's yeah. what the eighties and nineties were. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what we were. So when I see these shows now, I'm just like, can't we? Can't we get beyond? the trauma of it. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't clever. I'm not saying that it wasn't interesting yeah. and good. It just, to me, it didn't add up to the hype, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I will say one thing I appreciate about the, appreciate about this story is if you just take the concept of the story, you can do this with any kind of couple. It doesn't have to be a gay couple. Um, so on the larger scale of what the concept of the story was, I did appreciate that. Right, because parents yeah, I did just think, ruin children's yeah, lives. I do feel like they leaned a little <laughs> too into the gay trauma because yeah. it was a gay couple. Right. Um, but, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good movie. I like. I love weird movies. Um, we'll probably talk more about this uh, next time when I make you watch Poor Things. Um, Poor Things is a weird movie. Poor Things is something that on the first watch, I was like, what the hell did I watch? And on the second watch, um, I appreciate it more. And I honestly feel like it is definitely one of the best movies of the year. Well, I can promise you this. I will watch it once. Oh, yeah. This is definitely (laughs) not a movie that you would seek out. Do you know what made, you know what's funny is when um, All of Us Strangers was over, um, I watched it on Hulu. Yeah. uh, And then Hulu just started another show right after it. Uh, and I always think that it ties one show into the other. So do you know what show it started playing Mm-mm. right after this? It played the pilot episode of This Is Us. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. All right. <laughs> it makes total sense. I, I can see that. Yeah. I thought it was that was interesting and good. I mean, I, I, I just I don't want you to leave here thinking that I didn't like this movie. I just didn't love it. Yeah. I get you. And but the thing is is that everybody I ran into over this weekend, everything that I did, yeah, that I talked about the the gala, everything. People were talking about this. Um uh, but they were all straight people talking about how mind-blowing this movie was. Yeah. It's weird when you see a movie and you're like, "Yeah, it was okay." And then everyone around you talks about how it's it's going to change cinema. It's one of the most amazing films and you're just thinking in your head is do you watch movies? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what you're talking there about? Is a very dis- there is a very specific movie in mind that did this better. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you what the movie is because then it will give it all away. Yeah. Um, but there is one that did it much better. So so there's that. Anyway, what do you think, uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I mean, like you said, um, critics and audiences seem to really enjoy this movie. So I'm going to say critics 94 and audiences 89. Critics ninety six. Ooh, audiences ninety two. Ooh, they yeah. really liked it. In a collective voice, critics and audiences rose up together and said, "You don't know what you're talking about, Rick." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if Rick had a Rotten Tomato score, it would be like one, and it would be zero and one, and the one would be my mother. <laughs> Oh, two, Jen. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Your mother and Jen mother would be Jen. like, he is good at everything. Mother and mother Jen. Uh, I but call yes. Jen mother sometimes to be funny. Oh, weird. <laughs> when when she's like, take off all your clothes. Ew. I'll put them in the dryer. She's and like, I'm like, you're hairier I'm than like, my father. <laughs> no, mother Jen. I need you to go back and watch that scene. I, I will. I need you to know that I'm not being crazy when I say that it was weird. I mean, I remember watching it. Now, I re- like the specific line, because I do remember her saying, you know, give me your, your shirt, you're wet. And he's like, no. And she's like, I'm your mother. 
I know my mother has said certain things. Like, I'm like, you know, she would ask me something or, or say, I'll do this. I was like, I can do it myself. She goes, I'm your mother. I can I can do your laundry for you. Um, So I, I'll go back and look. I don't remember him taking his pants off. She was off. rubbing his arm. Like, all of this. Like, she was like, oh, look at you. You're, you grew up to be such well, a strong. I was like. She's Ooh. also died when he was 12 and hasn't seen him. So, like, the touching or the hugging didn't bother me. Um, uh, maybe hugging certain people in this thing. room just need more affection. I don't know, but... Um, We've already discussed this. Don't don't hug me. <laughs> the I do know, because I don't remember him taking his pants off, but, like, the give me your shirt, you're soaking wet. That's pr- completely didn't, normal. Didn't bother that's, me at all. That's normal. I'm going to pull... I'm going to... We're going to hear I'm pulling it up on my TV. We're going to watch this. Sure. We're gonna watch, um, and we will report back next time. Um, Are we going to get to watch Feud that comes out mon- Wednesdays? Thursdays. Well, we have to watch it during the day. We'll have to watch it here at work before we start recording. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a watch session in the office, in my office. Watch a watch party, yeah. I have a bigger monitor. <laughs> mm. Oh, you have a TV. I have yeah. A- I have a TV. Well, you have a TV in your office, but I don't know. How- Is it connected? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll watch yeah, it we'll in your office. It. All right. Um, but yeah, so um, check it out. Let us know what you think. We'll work out the logistics offline. Yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll uh, let us know what you thought of the ending. Um, and uh, until then, uh, the cork is back in the bottle. <laughs>